Hey, this is Britt Vargas, and I am the High School Ministry Associate Director at Calvary Community Church here in Westlake Village, California. And this is our HSM podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out today. I hope this encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. Amen. Um, it's, too, it's too late to say uh, Happy Thanksgiving, and yet a little early for uh, Merry Christmas. But uh, good morning. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. Um, we've never met before. My name is Aaron Kajumba. I serve here as a high school pastor. Uh, we have an amazing team here that uh, is dedicated to teaching you guys how to live and love like Jesus. And um, as we jump to our text this morning, I want to present to you, I hope you guys brought your Bible. If you've not brought your Bible, you need one. Uh, please pull out your phone, download the, the Bible app. It's free. Uh, our Wi-Fi code is 123. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know what that is. Uh, but there should be a free line for you guys to download the Bible app. So you can follow along with us this morning. But we're jumping into a text in Luke 1, 46 through 55. Luke 1, 46 through 55. And I want to present to you this statement before we begin. Is that everyone worships something. Everyone worships something. Everyone gives themselves the aspire to give uh, honor and glory. Uh, those are big, sometimes churchy words. But uh, I'll take an example. Uh, how many of you guys have Instagram? How many of you guys have Facebook? Wrong crowd. I'm just kidding. How many of you guys have TikTok? How many of you guys have an email? Oh, of course, we have all those things, right? How many of you guys, if you're honest, when someone likes your social media profile, you feel good? How many of you guys, when you get a text message, you feel good? Or a phone call, because I know someone over here doesn't actually have social media. I'm not going to point them out, but it's all good, right? The point is this. Excuse me. Just kidding. The point is this, is that we ascribe value to these things. In fact, we elevate them so much so that we've been trained. In fact, every few seconds our phone buzzes. Even now, Instagram has an update that tells us that someone else posted, which was nothing I knew before. I used to turn off my notifications, but now I get a notification saying, this guy posted. I'm like, I don't even follow this person. Like, what's happening? Right? But we can't resist to go and check it out and see what's going on because we ascribe worth to it. And what we're talking about this morning is that we all worship something, but what does it mean to truly worship? What is the heart of worship? So I would ask you guys again to open up your Bibles to Luke uh, chapter 1, 46 through 55. And this is actually what uh, Jack uh, read early this morning and led us into worship. It was, it's called Mary's song. It's called, in the big church word, the Magnificat. Like, this is what Mary is, is responding into the news that she is uh, going to have the Son of God in her womb. Like, her response to this is a song and is worship. And we've talked about this before, how worship is not necessarily music. But in this particular area, this particular moment, her response to this great news of great joy is with music. And it sounds so similar to another chapter that I'll read and will be on the screen as well. It says in 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10, if you guys have a, a Bible and can read that as well. It says, and Hannah prayed. And this is the, the prayer of another lady who was praying to be pregnant as well. She says, my heart exalts the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord. 
Now, if you guys already heard what we heard, read before, it sounds similar. I'll keep going. It goes, there is none holy like the Lord. There is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very profound. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him are our actions weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out, of, out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven, but she has many children who is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor, makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. These are all these incredible words about who God is, what he does, how he's holy, how he's powerful, how his arm is not too short, how he's there for us in times of need. This is similar to what Mary's talking about. It's similar. It's almost exact same wording. And so I would say that really, in fact, it's almost the same wording as, if you guys have note takers, in the Old Testament, there's these, these words, these texts that exemplify and exhort these very truths. In Exodus 15 and Judges 5 and Psalm 16, all these areas of scripture are areas where we are able to read and see how God has done great things for his people. And there's reasons to rejoice. I'll wait for our slides to catch up for that. The point is this, that the word of God informs our worship. See, what Mary is singing are songs from the Bible, songs from what she's read before. And if you guys have paid attention to the songs that we've been seeing this morning, we're talking about putting a pause. I'm not in a hurry when it comes to your presence, when it comes to your spirit. That reminds me of, 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 of David. That reminds me of Job. People who take a pause in the middle of all their craziness to say, hey, I, I need to hear from God. And so all of our worship is inspired by the word of God. I'll just wait for our, our slides to catch up for that. The word of God informs our worship. The word of God informs our worship. Luke 146 says this, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. So what does this mean? Her soul. How many of you guys have a soul? People are like, you're soulless. You have no, that's just wrong. Right? But what is your soul? Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. How many of you guys have a mind? How many of you guys have a will? Like you're strong. Okay, I don't know if you're strong, will, not will. How many of you guys have emotions? You feel things, right? You're not like dead inside, right? You feel, okay, okay. This is, you all have mind, will, and emotions, right? And so, this is it. She's saying with her mind, with her head, what she thinks through. Because some people believe that worship and like Christianity is just senseless. It's, it's, it's like blind faith. But guess what? Faith is not blind. Everything I see in science, every single day should give you thoughts and pause and pros to think, wow, how does this all happen and it all be working correctly? I mean, think about how many like vessels you have in your body. Apparently, if you stretch out, and it sounds pretty weird, the vessels in the human body, you could cover the earth 18 times. Is that some feedback? About 18 times, right? With your veins and whatever else you guys got, aortas and all those things. You guys are in school right now. Biology, yay, right? 18 times. It's like, and then with all that, you have like blood vessels going through, and all these blood vessels have 
different kinds of, one, there's blood, obviously, blood vessels. And there's all kinds of different fluids and, like, just things that make your brain work. The fact that I can speak and you're hearing and you're understanding is because all these things are flowing through your body. Like, Mary is worshiping with her mind because worshiping God makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense that everything that we are doing here screams of a designer, of a supreme being, and that's God. So she worships with her mind, and she worships with her will, meaning she is desiring with all of who she is. She's like fully into it. She's all about it. Now, you guys have a will. I'll tell you this. I know that because in this community, sports is a big thing. I'm not a big sports buff. In fact, I would say I'm not a sports buff at all. If you want to have a conversation about sports, talk to Jack, right? I just offered you up. Okay, so there you go. As tribute. Uh, but this is the point. Like, I, 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 but people will go to a sports game, and they will yell and have saliva dripping down their, like, face. Ah! Because they are so into what is happening right there. And yet that one moment, that one hour and a half, I don't know how many quarters in a basketball game or football game. I have no idea. Again, this is not my thing. But the point is this, that people are so, like, into those moments that they will actually cause fights. They cause fights. I mean, have you heard of, like, the malice at the palace? Like, they were, like, fighting. Like, the crowd was so enraged at what was happening on the court that some guy threw a bottle and then got all crazy, right? Go look it up, malice in the palace, right? But people are willing. They have a desire. They are zealous. Mary's worshiping with her mind and her zeal, everything that's inside of her. And then her emotions, she feels it deeply. She's into it. She's like, this is, this is who I am. This is where we are. She feels the height of her emotion. At this point, joy. So she worships with her mind, her will, and her emotions. And then she worships with her spirit. And her spirit is her innermost being. See, the Bible talks about how we are. We have a soul, right? We have a body. But we're really a spirit. We're in this, for lack of a better term, this is just your meat bag of like random, like, like in heaven, I don't know if I'm going to be black or white or green. I have no idea. But I would say you'll be able to recognize us. That's what it says. But in all honesty, I'm a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. Like that's what's going on right now. And the innermost part of her being is rejoicing with God. It's responding in song is glorifying God. See, worship involves not just our head, but also our heart. It involves everything of who we are. Worship is not going to be about songs, it's about everything of who we are. It's about our head and our heart. God gives us reason to rejoice. And he gives us reason for our innermost beings, even our emotions, to respond to who he is. It says in Luke 1, 46-47, same text, that the, her soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in my God, my Savior. The point of our worship, the center of our worship, the main thing, like, you know, when you have the, 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 the World Cup for FIFA, which is soccer, what's the main thing you're trying to fight for, or play the game for, or win? What are you trying to win? The World Cup. Like, that's the main thing, right? That, that's what you're trying to achieve. Or if you're a wrestling fan, there's a Royal Rumble and you want to get the, I don't know, the belt? I don't know what the, what the belt is called, right? But there's a focus on something that you're perceiving and chasing after. No one here is running a race to win nothing. 
And believe me, you're all running a race. You're trying to understand your purpose, trying to understand why you exist. And God is saying, hey, I'm the reason, I'm the center of all why and who you are and why you live. He says, I am the center of that. See, worship places God at the center of our worship. And then Luke 1, 48, he goes, continues to say, for he has looked, she says, he has looked. Who has looked? This God who has created everything. He looks at the humble estate of his servant. He looks down. This God who owns everything, runs everything, who owns the very breath in your lungs closer than the next breath, actually. Like he is there with you. He's fully aware of who you are, why you are, defines your purpose. It says that he looks down on you in your humble estate. Meaning she recognizes her heart at this point is in a place of humility. She's not proud. She's not saying, hey, oh, well, you know what? God's there and I don't care. It doesn't matter. Sure, there might be a God. No, she's like, no, really. There is a God. I recognize this and I humble myself before him. For behold, he goes, for humble servant, for behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Her response to this great news that Jesus is going to be born, the Savior of the world is going to be born, is to say, dude, this is making me humble. How would God choose me of all these people, the God who owns everything, the God who is in control of all these things, he's choosing me. And this is the reality. God has chosen you the same exact way. Not saying that you're going to have a virgin birth. Okay, I'm not saying that at all. Especially not guys, right? This is not what I'm saying at all. That happened once, it's going to happen again. What I'm trying to say is that God has chosen you specifically as a worshiper and calling to respond in worship with your mind, your will, your emotions, your innermost being. It should humble you to know that God has chosen you. I mean, in the list of 125 people, if I had all these names down here and I put them on, like, on the, on the stage, and these are applications for you to get into heaven or applications for you to make a team or these are applications for you to come to the house for dinner, right? And you guys, I don't know if you guys have ever had dinner. You guys eat dinner, right? Dinner, dinner is a good thing. Right. I'm inviting you to my house to have African dinner. You guys know what that is, but it's going to be a bunch of interesting foods, right? You'll love them. Trust me. But in these applications to come to my house for dinner, I say, I'm going to pick, out of 125, I'm going to pick eight of them. That's crazy, right? And in these eight, I'm saying, these eight are the ones that I'm choosing to give and pour a specific grace upon. Not a general grace, just a specific grace upon. That this grace is for you to come and to receive and to hear and to enjoy what it means to be in my house. You guys have heard me talk about my house and how you have to take off your shoes. Yes, you come and take off. My, you, that exact experience I've talked about many times before. You come experience that. You're going to see my old TV. I'm like, wow, Aaron, you know, as cool as I thought you were. Exactly. Don't worry. I know. You, you, but you come. You eat at my table. Right? We laugh together. God has chosen us in that same sense. That he said, hey, I'm marking you out for my glory, for my and that humbles me. That humbles me. She goes on to say, again, that many generations will call her blessed. And when we look at people who call themselves believers, who call themselves Christians, some cases you might say that doesn't you don't look to be a blessed person. I look at people who are like living as missionaries. And I'm like, dude, like you're struggling out there, but you call yourself blessed. Or I'll see some people who are maybe not having a lot of money and 
they're having Christian businesses, businesses being shut down because of their belief. And I'm like, dude, like, like do you call yourself blessed? What is the blessing in, in, in being chosen by God? The blessing in being chosen by God is the fact that he has given you his grace and the strength to push through all these things. See, grace in itself, and we said this word many times thrown around uh, be, between small group and when you go to church on a Sunday or maybe you go to an FCA, you're going to hear this word grace. And this is what grace is. Grace is when God gives you what you actually don't deserve. And this grace means, one, grace to work through what God has, work, work through like your struggles of sin, the things you're struggling with, but also grace to be able to be with him in, in glory. Grace is not just pardoned from sin, meaning, oh, we don't go to hell. No, no, no. It's also power to live a godly life. This humbles me because I know I can't live that life on my own. So God pours his grace upon me to live like that. See, worship again flows from a heart of humility. She's humble and she begins to worship God for who he is. Why would you lift your hands if this God is not real? Why would you sing out off key in front of all these people? Like, why would you do that? What's the point of doing that? Because God is real, he is amongst us, and he's alive. He is true, and he is worthy of worship. Worship flows from a heart of humility, and also only a truly humble heart can be thankful. That, that heart of humility gives me a heart of thankfulness. And my heart wants to glorify God. In Luke 1, 49, he continue, she continues to say, and this is why she's saying she's worshiping. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and Holy is his name. He has done what things? Small things? What things? Great things. Like this is awesome. This God is amazing. I don't know how many of you guys think about this every day. There's this prayer, random prayer. It's like a thing that people write down. They're like, count your blessings every day, 1 to 10. They like write down 1, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Like 10 things that have happened to you today. If you honestly wrote down 10 amazing things, I'm sure you'd pass 10 and have like 30 more to write down. Because it's like, wow, the sun came up today. That could not have happened. Like, that's not, you just like take it for granted. Well, guess what? Dude, and I, I'm actually alive. One of the things that I realized that Pastor Brian, when he's praying or begins his prayers, he goes, Lord, I thank you for life and breath. You guys have heard that before? He goes, thank you for life and breath. It's one of those things you're like, what? Like, what? Because usually it just goes over people's head. But the fact that you are even alive right now is a gift. It's a grace. I have a friend who was, after my high school, well, high school, high school first year, so I was a freshman. We, went, we were on our freshman or first year break of high school. High school works differently in Uganda. Uh, and we had like two months off. So in this time off, we are like hanging out, whatever. And then we hear that our friend was in his bathtub. He slipped, hit his head on the tile and died. Then just like that, just like gone. And so we have much to be grateful for. There are great things. He has done great things. Now, not only stuff like that. And what is Mary specifically talking about? Yes, we, she's thankful for life. She's thankful for all the things that God has done as far as like, hey, guess what? The sun came up. But she's talking about specific great things. Remember I said that her worship is mapped back on all the scriptures she's read, all the history. She's talking about what has happened in Exodus when God literally split the Red Sea. This happened, guys. Right now, in the bottom of the Red Sea, they have been excavating for, like, for years and decades, finding uh, horse bones. Let's say that happens by chance. 
chariots, like chariot wheels and shields and all that stuff in the bottom of the Red Sea? Where did that come from? Well, in the Bible, this happened where these Israelites were crossing over and God allowed the Red Sea to swallow up Israel's enemy. She's recognizing that God passed over, passed over the Egyptian land, killing the firstborn son of all the people who do not trust God, who do not have the blood of the lamb shed upon their door. Like she's worshiping about how God brought them from that land of slavery into a land of milk and honey, like provision and care. She's remembering what God has done. And I would encourage you to live in a life of remembrance. I don't know if you guys even journal or every day, like, even if you did this, I dare say, and I'm not saying this is like a low bar. It's kind of a low bar, but eh, whatever. Use the Bible app, like the verse of the day. Like literally, just the verse of the day pops up, write something down. You're like, this is a great verse. All right, cool. What does it mean to me? Write something down. All right, great. I'm going to write something down. And after six or seven days, go back and see the, like, the actual progression of what God has been speaking to you. And you'll be like, wow, this is amazing. God is speaking to you. He's speaking to me. She's able to go back and be like, dude, now she's not using the Bible app or the verse of the day, but she's just remapping back on what God has done for her and done for her people. God has done great things for me and holy is his name. See, worship exalts who he is, what he has done, and what he's going to do. Because the same God who did that for the Israelites, the same God who freed you from your, your addiction, the same God who helps you through even the, the worst kinds of depression, he's the same God who's going to help you tomorrow when you're getting married. He's the same God who's going to help you tomorrow when you are struggling to find a job. He's the same God who's going to help you tomorrow when you're trying to figure out whether you should, you're, to be, you're supposed to be nice to someone who hates you. Like He's the same God who's going to strengthen you when you are like, having ideas of suicide, this is, this, is, this is the God who does that. It's not going to happen in any other way. See, all of us are struggling and going through all kinds of different things. But the point that we have to do is say this, like, God, what have you done? Like, what have you done, really? What have you continued to do? And what will you do for me? See, Christians live in hope of what God's going to do. We have hope. And she goes on in Luke 1, 50, he goes, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. I think of David, 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 who was anointed to be king. He has every right to kill Saul. He has every right to kill this king who has taken the throne from him. And some of you guys might be in those situations where, like, you, ha- you feel justified in your anger, justified in all these things that you want to do. But what does David do? He decides to say, you know what, I trust you, God. I trust you to bring things to fruition. I trust you. He worships God with his trust. See, worshiping is not just with your mind. It's also with your heart. It's with everything, who you are, your innermost being. And some of those things supersede your mind and your emotions. It's a matter of saying, God, I don't see this. It does not make sense. But my innermost being, my spirit, is at peace with who you are and what you're doing. He scatters the proud in their thoughts. And sure enough, Saul was taken out. 
And Saul died. And God exalted David. David worshiped God through trust. In Luke 153, he goes, she says, He has filled the hungry with good things. Now, how many guys, if you're honest, after an 11 a.m. service, Aaron's been yelling at you for like 40 minutes or whatever, you're like, dude, I am hungry, right? You're like, hungry. And you're, where'd you go to eat after this? I don't know, maybe your house. I don't, this is the point. This is not talking about that general hunger, right? He's talking about people who have nothing, who have nothing. He has filled those who are needy and desirous of good things. And he fills them with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He's contrasting people who are humble and people who are basically proud. Those who feel that they need nothing from God, he has sent away empty. You can't come to God saying, hey, I have all that I need. You come to God empty asking to be filled. When we come to worship, we come to be filled by God, not to fill ourselves. Like, you don't come saying, oh, I'm just here because you know what? I'm just going to get all this stuff. It's going to be about me. And like, no, no, no. You come to exalt God. Now, I'm not saying that when you come here and you put up your hands and worship, the music's awesome. I'm not saying that you don't feel good. No, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. But all I'm saying is you come to exalt God. You come to focus on him. This has nothing to do with us. But the thing is, the beautiful thing about what happens when we worship is that as we lift our voices and focus on God and read our scriptures, is that we ourselves are filled as we glorify him. It's weird. It's so interesting. Like every time I come to, uh, especially tonight, if you're coming to our worship service, I, I, I challenge you. Lift your voice. Raise your hands. Sing those words. Ask God. To, and if you're like, I don't believe this stuff. Ask God. God, help me understand Speak to my heart. Help me, help me see what I'm singing. Let it be real for me. He will do it. And the more you lift his voice up, the more you trust him in those moments, you're going to see how he fulfills your all in all. He goes, she goes on to say, he, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to, and to his offspring forever. He's a God who is faithful and keeps promises. We worship God because he's faithful. I mean, why, why would I actually be here, honestly? I would be a charlatan and a thief because I'm getting paid to, like, to share these truths, right? If I was like doing this stuff, it's like, then it's not real. Like, why is Jacob up here? Jacob has an awesome voice. He could be like doing something else. I don't know. What could you be doing? Like, I don't know. Like something all American Idol. I don't know. I don't know. There's things. There's things, right? Right? Like, JD has mad skills. He could be, like, shooting all kinds of different things. Like, but he's here. Like, what are we doing in this space? Why are we exactly here? That's a question you have to ask yourself. What is our motivation for this, this time? It's, it's God. There's nothing else. Last end of our uh, service, last Sunday... After we usually gather as our, you know, leaders and talk about the service and how it went, what could be improved. And it was just like, dude, like, every week we come here and we share the gospel. How God has saved sinners, people who do not love him, people who do not want him, God haters. He chooses them 
changes your heart from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. This is all biblical. I'm not talking about setting my neck. You can Google this stuff. It's like in the Bible. Like you already have our Wi-Fi code. Look it up, right? Like he changes your heart of stone into a heart of flesh, a heart that desires him. He gives you grace for the journey. Like he is, to use an example, he is the way. So he is the road, the path that we're following on. He's the vehicle that we get into. Like we come and we talk about how you have to get into this vehicle, this Jesus, and trust him. He's the driver. He empowers your journey by the power of the Holy Spirit. Every week, and we, we say God is the gospel, and we worship him. And every week, you show up. We're not raffling off iPods or AirPods. We're not giving you guys phones. Have I promised you anything? Come on, Paige. Have I promised you anything? No. I, why, what, what have I promised you guys? What has Britt promised you? There's nothing that we can give you. There's nothing that I can give you. There's nothing that JD can give you. There's nothing that Jacob, though he can sing all these songs, there's nothing he can give you. We come here because God is the center of the gospel. And you're responding to the center of the gospel. Jesus Christ. And this verse in Hebrews 10.23 reminds us of that. It says this. It says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. We worship God because he is faithful. We're here because God is true. He's alive and he is faithful. And it says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together. We worship and gather because he is true. He's alive. He's amongst us. And he is faithful. Again, Christians can have hope because they have found Christ faithful. That's the truth. That's why we're here. Because God himself is faithful. The rest of that verse says that we are to stir up one another to love and good works. Meaning, because I have found that God is real. Because I've seen, I've tasted and seen. I went to the mountain. I went to my bedroom. I went to the thin space. I've gone to wherever it is I meet with God in my car. And I've been through trials where life has been horrible and hard. And I've found that God has been faithful to me. Because he's been real to me. I can come and share that with you. And so I encourage others to do so. Not because there's anything else, any ulterior motive. There's no, like, notch in my belt where I'm like, oh, they give their lives to Christ, and they cut it into my belt. Like, it doesn't work like that. Such a cowboy reference. But there's nothing like that, right? I stir people up. We are called, all of us, as we see God and respond to God, we stir up one another to love and then also good works, to do these things because God has loved us. We love others. Because God has loved us so well, we love others. There's a verse in Ezra, which I actually didn't put up there. It talks about Ezra and how he studied the word. He studied the word. Let me find it for you guys. So I'm not uh, quoting it out of, out of context. Ezra 7.10. All right. Thank you. Ezra 7.10. Because my iPhone is so old and is, like, not moving fast enough. Ezra 7.10. If you have it in your Bible, just hand it to me. I appreciate you. Ezra 7, opens up Bible slowly. You got it? Appreciate it. Thank you very much. If you can have my Bible, I'll give it to you after. Ezra 7, 10. All right. It says this. For Ezra had devoted himself to the study and observance of the law of the Lord 
and to teaching its decrees and laws in Israel. What does this mean? Ezra spends time learning the word of God so he can, one, understand it for himself. He knows that he needs to worship first. Mind, spirit, emotion, inner being, everything of himself needs to believe this truth. Why? Because he needs it. He's in exile. He's away from God, away from the temple. And there he's now returning to the temple with all these people, all these Jews. He's a scribe returning from, uh, from Babylon where they've been exiled for many years. And on his way back, he spends time reading the texts, reading the scriptures, reading the Old Testament. Like you might be like, oh, yeah, Jesus. No, 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 no. He's looking at what we're calling the Old Testament. He's searching the scriptures. And as he reads this word, as he reads these words, he says that, again, again 7.10, he devoted himself to study and observance of the law of the Lord, and then also to teaching its decrees and laws in Israel. Once he himself had been filled, and his worship began to overflow into worship with other people. He overflows in worship to other people. That's what happens when we worship. When we worship over God with an understanding of who he is. Not just because Aaron said. Like, that's why I always say, hey, who has the Bible? Who, like, where is your Bible at? Like, where are you guys writing these notes down? Because I don't want you to believe because this person said it. No, you need to see this for yourself and be able to digest these truths. So once these truths become real in your heart, they overflow into love for other people. Here's some next steps for you. If you're wondering, what, what are my next steps? You talk about this worship thing, how it's about my mind, my will, and my emotion. What, is, what do you do next? What, what's the next step for you as a believer? Then here it is. Oh, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. The next steps are this. Read the word. That sounds such a very general term. Oh, my gosh. Read the word. How do I read the word, though? How do I do it? I hate reading. Dang it. Oh, man. I read at school. Oh, gosh. All right. Here it is. Right? I would hope that you would, one, this is my prayer, one, know that I am praying, we are praying, that you have a hunger for God's word. Some of you guys don't have a hunger for God's word, and that's okay. Some of you guys don't even believe, and that's okay. Because we preach with faith. We preach as if all you guys don't know anything and that God is going to make you alive in these very moments. So our, we're preaching in faith. We're praying in faith that the Bible says that Job desired God's word more than necessary food. How many of you guys like fries? All right. Thank you. I want in your heart that God gives you more desire for his word more than necessary food the way Job did. So we're going to pray for that. Okay. That's, that's, that's one. Two, all you guys have a phone. Maybe you guys don't have a, a bio, like a Bible app phone. Your phone's not smart. All right. I would hope that you would just do this one thing for me, right? We have Bibles in the back of that room. Like just right there in this, the little like, uh, I don't know, those are crates, right? If you grab one of those Bibles, they look like this, right? And just say, I'm going to read the book of John. Just start there. Just the book of John. And just start reading through it. And you might be like, oh, dang it, like I got bored. All right, all right, cool, cool, cool. No worries? You got bored? Go to Mark. Oh, my gosh, Mark. Okay, oh, okay, okay. I, trust me, you're not going to bored, get bored of Mark, right? Oh, open up. What's this stuff in Revelation? What the heck? Then you say, you know what? I need to be in a small group because I don't understand these things that I'm, I'm reading. Like, this is insane. It's intense, right? So, one, your first challenge, if you don't have a Bible, grab a Bible. 
right? If you, if you don't have the Bible app, you can use the Bible app and read the, you know, verse of the day. And some of you may be like, I'm not very good at reading. We just talk about, well, how can you talk about reading being crazy for me and then talk about reading the next? That doesn't help me, Aaron. All right. The Bible app has an, an option where you can just hit play and it plays an audio. I prefer a British man to read the Bible to me. Okay. And it's amazing, right? There's other apps, like some of the guys who are in my small group have discovered the Streetlights Bible app, which literally is just like hip-hop. They have hip-hop beats, right? Streetlights Bible. And they have actual, like, poets reading scripture. It's amazing. I'm like, dude, this is amazing. I love, like, taking it. Because sometimes I'm like, I'm too tired to, like, read and whatever. I'm trying to go to bed or I'm on a, I'm on a drive. And you guys listen to podcasts. This is listenable, like, Bible reading. It's amazing, right? Right, so, those are your options so far, as far as reading, right? Grab a Bible. If you need one, we'll give one to you. You have the Bible app. You can listen to it, right? Then when, you, when, you, when the, the voice of God begins to speak to you and begins to massage your heart and begins to reveal things to you, then you say, hey, I, I think I need to do this in community. I need to understand what this, like, in our small group, we have great conversations. And sometimes you're like, they get really heated. And I'm like, come back next week with the Bible verse. And you're like, okay. And, like, we just talk about it. And that's okay. Because we're meant to wrestle with the scriptures that way. Join a small group. Get in a group of people who are trying to think through and worship God with you. And then the last one is going to be a clear one. Worship. And you might be like, that seems so simple. That seems so weird. Like, even David begins to speak to his soul. Like he goes, why are you downcast, oh my soul? He's speaking to his, himself. How many of you guys talk to yourselves? You're being honest. Like you talk, you spend time, you're like, and you think, and you're like, no, no, you talk to yourself, right? And honestly, you are your best preacher. You might think Britt Vargas is great. You might think I'm great. You think Pastor Brian's great. You might think like JD's great. Dude, you, 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 like you speak to yourself more often than not. In fact, you believe what you are saying in your head more than you ever believe I, what I'm saying on this stage. You, and so this is what I'm trying to say. Fill your heart, fill your mind, fill your, like, the very essence of your being with these words so you can speak to yourself the truths of God. So you can encourage yourselves in that word so you can respond with worship. That's how it works. It's a circle. And it starts with understanding who it is. See Mary again. She begins to sing and to worship from what she's experienced in the word of God. What God did before, what God has done, and what God will do. Massive worship teams come up. And as they do, I want to encourage you to do uh, these things, right? Definitely grab a Bible. Two, download the Bible app. It's free. It's free 99. It will cost you nothing. Email. That's about it. Like, it's, just, it's, it's amazing, right? If you're like, Aaron, I need, like, a Bible reading plan, come, come talk to me. There's a bunch of me. Follow Listen to that word. Play it. Download Streetlights Bible app. Like, spend time feeding your soul with the truths of God's word. Allow him to change your heart. And then get into community. Join a small group. Every week since small groups opened, we've had an announcement about small groups. And by show of hands, how many of you guys would like to be in a small group, right? You want to be in a small group, right? How many of you guys are in a small group? All right. There's an opportunity here, right? 
for you to come into a space where you can understand why you worship. We're not calling you to just to, to worship just because we said so. No. This helps you grow in understanding why. And once you understand the why, once your why is defined by God being the center of all these things, everything else falls into place. Because you recognize that God, God is the center of our worship. I invite you to stand as I pray. Lord, we spent this morning just talking about um, how Mary responded with this great news of how you're going to come and save her through a savior, through Jesus being born, Lord God. And her response was to sing and to praise God and to exalt you for what you've done, who you are, what you're going to do, Lord. She became humble and she began to say, God, Everything that's inside of me wants to give myself to you. Lord, I ask for that same heart, that same desire, that same heart, heart posture to be in these students. That one, like I said earlier, that this word becomes delicious for them, Lord God. They desire this more than necessary food. I ask that you begin to help them, Lord God, to be like Ezra. That they study these truths for themselves and then share them with other people. Lord, I ask that you do this one thing, Lord, that you move in their hearts today. Even as they prepare for this evening, who are coming back for the 5 p.m. to worship, Lord, and have a worship experience with you where you are the center of that time, not their emotions or what they're feeling, but you are the center of that time that you will bless them, prepare their hearts for that, Lord God, and they'll be able to receive from you as they trust you as the center of their worship. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this, don't forget to subscribe and also check out past episodes. For more content from Calvary HSM or to connect with us, visit us on Instagram at calvaryhsm805. Go live and love like Jesus.